is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. This is Julia Caulfield from the KOTO News Team. You are tuned into Off the Record and tonight we are talking about Telski, the ski season that is coming up very quickly, although not quite as quickly <laughs> as we were originally planning. I am joined by Scott Pittenger, who's the director of mountain operations for Telski. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. As a reminder to folks before we get too far into it, um, this is a call-in program. So if you have any questions or comments, please give us a call. 970-728-4333. Scott, let's obviously start with the the news of the day, which is that Telski did make the announcement that y'all are pushing the opening day back to December 3rd. As we were actually saying before we hopped on, this isn't an anomaly. This has happened before 2017, 2018. You said it was the most recent time that Telski delayed its opening? Yeah, that's right, Julia. Uh, 1718 was our last um, delay that we had to had to have on the mountain, um, and you know, actually, we we delayed the year before that as well. Um, and you know, as we were discussing earlier, again, it's it's really no indication of how the season is going to go. You know, 1718 was a was an all around terrible year for all of Colorado and the Southwest. Um, but that year preceding, um, again, we were just struck by these above average temperatures for November. Um, ended up being another 300 plus inches uh, during the ski season. So, um, you know, we're still optimistic about how the season's going to go. And, you know, the snowmakers, I was just talking to Brandon Green, our director of snowmaking, and they were working on cranking things up as we speak right now. So we're taking advantage of just every single moment we can to, to make snow and um, just dealing with some above average temps right now. Yeah. So what, when you're making that decision, making that call, what does, what are the things that you're looking at to determine, Hey, this is the kind of make or break for us to be able to go forward with the original date that we were scheduled to open on? Sure. So, you know, we want to provide that, consistent product you know and and for us that means wall-to-wall skiing uh with good coverage and top to bottom on the white stuff um you know we're not gonna build a you know white ribbon out there where people are skiing off the edges and the whole thing is rope and boo um you know we have a certain standard and and we're just not willing to compromise on on some of those standards um so you know looking at what we have on the ground right now what the forecast is like um unfortunately it was it was the decision that that had to be made and you know this being the type of community that it is and the destination that it is you know we did want to get that word out there sooner rather than later so we didn't pull the rug out from anybody's feet, you know, two days before Thanksgiving when plans are already made and um, to just give everybody a little bit of time to prepare that that the ski resort isn't going to open. You know, there's still going to be plenty of things open. Um, you know, the gondola is opening up this week. Um, restaurants in Mountain Village are opening up and, you know, Thanksgiving time, there's still going to be lots to do out in Mountain Village. Um, you know, again, all the restaurants are going to be opened up. There's going to be some fun, like Thanksgiving specials. Um, we have a great ski movie coming on the 24th, a faction movie that I was watching some trailers for. It looks awesome. You know, it's kind of my kind of ski movie. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got some steep technical skiing and it's got some, uh, some free ride and some pow. Um, so we're really excited to, to still be having a few things up going on up in the village and you know the gondola art cabin installations coming out which i'm pretty excited about it's got a bunch of local artists in it you know i'm looking forward to seeing what emily Ballou made and sherwood woody smith i know his cabin's going to be awesome so you know we are delaying the skiing but but we're still going to be having fun up there um but uh you know just making snow every possible moment we can at this point 
Yeah. Do you feel like December 3rd is a realistic um, target or schedule for, for being open at this point? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have set that if we hadn't have thought about it. And, you know, the forecast is it's looking OK. Um, you know, it's still warmer than average. Um, but, you know, the recent model runs of just this afternoon have improved from where they were yesterday afternoon. So, you know, we're, we're feeling good about it. Looks like Mother Nature is going to going to help us out a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, we're we're going to try to deliver what we always try to deliver out there, which is, you know, a fun, safe environment and uh, good skiing. What is the the environment or the the feeling the vibe on the mountain for all y'all who are just like gearing up for i imagine obviously the resort has things going on in the summer but i imagine this is like gearing up for the first day of school maybe maybe i'm the person who was excited (laughs) for that but um yeah what's it what's it like up for everybody working on the mountain these days yeah i mean i was a kid excited for the first day of school too julia so it's all right um and it is it's it's a little frantic you know we're definitely you know, firing all cylinders, wrapping up a few projects that are lingering from the summer, um, and then, you know, all focus on making snow. Um, but it's also just a really exciting time for us as a company. We're bringing in a lot of new people, a lot of people from years past are all coming in for orientations and getting their ski passes. And, you know, that for me is, it's one of the most exciting times of the year to, to, to just to see everybody again. And, um, welcome some new people to this, you know, amazing community and this awesome mountain that we have at our disposal. Yeah. Um, I am curious about that. Obviously across the country and definitely locally, we have felt labor shortages, housing shortages, all the like, how has that been for a Telski? Are you feeling like you're staffed up to where you need to be for the season or is, has there been some struggle there? You know, we certainly haven't been immune to any of the struggles that the rest of uh, the community and across the country that folks are are feeling, whether it's the supply chain uh, issues and, and, and staffing notably. And, you know, we're we feel good about what we have. We know that we can pull off what we want to pull off on the mountain as far as being fully operational. Um, but we're still looking for employees. Um, so. You know, if there's anybody out there that didn't get their discounted pass last weekend and, and is looking for a job to 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 fill that gap for getting the pass, you know, we're, we're definitely still hiring. Um, but but we do feel good about what we have right now. Um, but it could be better. Yeah. Um, kind of big picture question. Obviously, I'm kind of asking you to look into a crystal ball a little bit. But, you know, what can people expect for this ski season that we're heading into um, when it comes to, you know, maybe changes to the mountain or upgrades or um, just how you envision the ski season looking like? (laughs) It's going to be awesome. That's how I envision it. Um, Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be good. You know, we made a lot of changes um, and upgrades this summer um, with a real focus on sustainability. Um, So, you know, I guess the unfortunate side of those types of, you know, infrastructure upgrades and investments is they don't necessarily stand out to the skier, to the guest, um, which is kind of part of the plan, right? Like we want to make changes that create us a more sustainable environment to work within, um, to operate more efficiently. And if that maintains the status quo, great. And, you know, hopefully it, it brings us to the next level a little bit. So, you know, this year, you know, our biggest focus was on, um, an upgrade to our snowmaking system towards more automation, you know, which we've already seen pay off. Um, you know, we have, a significant amount of our machines and guns are now um, automated to the point where when it get cold, gets cold outside, they'll turn on. Um, and then when it warms up, they turn off um, without really any input from our snowmakers. Now, we still have plenty of guns that our snowmakers are turning off and, and turning on each and every day. Um, but being able to capitalize on just a couple extra minutes here and there um, really adds up, um, especially in a year like this when we're, when we're battling these temperatures. Um, you know, some other things that we've done for sustainability is we added some uh, some snow fence around the mountain um, that I'm really excited about. 
um, you know, most notably on Sea Forever. And then we have some new fabricated movable snow fencing that we're going to be moving around just to capture snow as it blows across our ridge lines. Um, you know, normally it'd be blowing into, you know, the woods or it'd be sublimating in the air. And, and now we're able to capture that snow and put it on our ski runs and, um, and, and hopefully, you know, use less power to run snowmaking equipment in those certain areas. Um, we also got some electric snowmobiles this year. Um, they're Tigas, they're not Teslas, but they're pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're taking little steps here and there and testing the waters on some of the new technology um, that we really hope will make us more efficient. Um, Patrol is working right now on an installation on Bald Mountain. Um, it's what's called a rack system, a remote avalanche control system. And so it'll be a tower on top of Bald Mountain that we'll be able to remotely control um, to launch charges onto some of those avalanche paths. Um, again, it's a great way for us to do some mitigation without having to wait for folks to hike up to the top. Um, provides us some overhead cover, um, you know, at the push of a button. Um, so we're not, again, waiting for that operation to be done. Um, so we did a lot of things like that around the mountain. Um, Terrain-wise, we spent a bunch of time in the woods this year. I'm really proud about what the crews did in the woods this season. You know, we took a big focus on forest health and forest management and, you know, took down a lot of dead and dying trees. Um, for those of you that have been in town for the past month, you might have caught a, a whisper of smoke here and there. And that's been us uh, burning up on the mountain. Thankfully, we we do that during really good dispersal days and and it shouldn't impact us down here in town too much, but, you know, we've been getting rid of just a lot of timber um, that's been laying around in our woods and, um, you know, mitigating fire risk. And, you know, the best thing about forest health treatments and wildfire mitigation is it makes for really good skiing. Um, so we got some new glades in the lift five area um, and then a brand new glade over in the 10 area. Um, kind of opposite of Enchanted Forest that's going to be great for our beginners and intermediates. And we spent a lot of time on our steeper terrain over the past few years, and uh, we felt the need to kind of diversify what we were offering and provide that progression for our guests to, uh, to get to the level where they can ski some of those glades off of Lift 9 and over in the 6 area um, by offering that opportunity to kind of bounce in and out of the woods some other places. Nice. It's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we had a super busy summer. It was it was a ton of fun. We got a lot of work done. Um, and, you know, we're still wrapping some things up right now. So, you know, we're we're waiting for colder weather, but we're we're taking advantage of what we got right now and, and wrapping other things up and uh, pushing the envelope on some other projects. Is there any is of like the projects that you were just talking about? Is there something that if it works as it should? skiers guests will never know it exists that you find particularly exciting or fascinating um <laughs> i don't know i feel like there's a fair amount of the stuff that we do that that folks don't recognize and that's great like we want people to ski our mountain and to enjoy it top to bottom and to not be stopping on the side and being like hey is that a new snow fence over there like how did they construct that you know, that's, I think that the snow fencing is actually going to be one of the things that really improves the experience on the hill, um, just because it is a year-round snow farming um, prod program that we're going to have. Uh, that'll just help soften up all of the slopes and kind of refresh some spots that get a little dirty from time to time. And, um, you know, I, I can't say that there's going to be anyone that notices it as much as I do out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were kind of touching on the sustainability of the resort in a couple of different ways. But I am curious, you know, looking at the environmental side of things, the fact that snowmaking has been maybe a little bit more challenging this year due to temperatures and looking forward, it's likely that, you know, warmer temperatures with climate change, like that is something that we can probably count on at least more frequently for better or worse. It's for worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
you know, when you're thinking of your work, the work that Telski is doing, what are some of the things that y'all are taking into consideration or thinking about in terms of like, how do we make this sustainable and viable as, um, as a ski resort, as a mountain going into kind of an uncertain climate future? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a loaded question, Julia, for sure. And, you know, we, we understand the climate's changing and, you know, we want to do our part, you know, around every corner to make sure that sustainability is part of our thought process for capital improvements, infrastructure, and just that long-term planning. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the checklist items that, that we have to filter through as we come up with our plans every single year. Um, and, you know, when it comes to on the mountain and, you know, what we do on the actual skiing side of things, it's really about efficiency. You know, how can we get more done with less? You know, how can we cover more grain with our ground, with our snow cats, with less fuel? Um, you know, what are the new hybrid cats looking like these days? Um, and, you know, how can we make our snowmaking system more and more efficient? Um, you know, it's, it's not our goal to just say, well, we're not going to open up until January 1st and, you know, we're going to shut down on March 15th. You know, what we're going to try to do is augment our plan to accommodate for what's going on around us. Um, and a lot of that is upgrading our snowmaking system into more automation, um, being able to pump more water faster so when we do have these short bursts of cold temperatures, we can get more done. Um, and, you know, just little steps around every corner is what we're trying to trying to count on for, for sustainability. And then, you know, some bigger things is just, you know, how do we invest our capital going forward on some of our equipment, you know, and how do we run our equipment? You know, what's actually necessary as far as what we need to groom and you know how many snowmobiles we need to run and um you know how we can get away from some of our dirtier machines you might say into cleaner more efficient machines you know utilizing electric snowmobiles and you know possibly hybridized or electric snow cats going forward um you know thankfully this is an industry that you know, obviously everything is dependent upon the climate. So there's a lot of different manufacturers and folks out there putting in a bunch of time and effort and engineering into figuring out how to go greener. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to be on the forefront of those and to, uh, you know, to capitalize on everything that we can that's that's going to be more efficient. Do you feel like Telski is ahead of the curve of where it needs to be kind of like or sitting where it needs to be or do you feel like you're maybe playing a little bit of catch-up to kind of get to the space that you need for a um, uncertain future you know i'd say it's you know telski's right where we are you know and i think in some spots we're we're great and you know we're really pushing the envelope um, but it's, you know, at the right things are going, it's just never going to be enough. So, you know, we're still hungry for, you know, finding those new bits of equipment and, you know, information that we can use to our advantage to, to clean up what we're doing and create a more sustainable and, and efficient system. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a big question, so we can kind of take it in parts if we want to, but I know that Telski has a lot of capital projects and improvements you know with lifts then jeff proto which i want to touch on that as well of what's it like oh, we'll start there what's it like being um at telski now with jeff proto kind of stepping into a different role and not being on the mountain as much you know jeff's a legend he's amazing we're so thankful for for everything that he's done for this resort and, you know, for this community and, you know, and I'm so grateful that he's, he's still sticking around and helping push some of these projects that are really important to, to both us as a company. And I think the community as a whole with our lifts and, um, and employee housing is kind of where he's, he's really, um, hunkered down in right now. Um, and he's always available. So, I mean, thankfully, 
you know, he's forgotten more about the ski industry than most of us will ever learn. And, um, and thankfully he hasn't forgotten that much compared to what he actually knows. So he's always ready to, uh, to help us out with everything that we need. And, you know, even when it came to, you know, our delay, it's, it's something that he's been through before. And he, you know, he, he's not shy about, you know, giving us his two cents and, and then also kind of stepping back and, and letting us take the wheel. Um, so he's a mentor and a great friend and I'm, yeah, I'm just so happy to have had all the time that I did with him and I'm, I'm going to hold him on to him as, you know, selfish as that is, as long as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he is kind of taking the lead on some of the capital projects when it comes to lifts and different things on the mountain. Um, but let's talk lifts. What are some of the capital improvements or capital projects that are going for the lifts in the maybe close future or more distant future? Yeah, well, I mean, the big one is, is lift nine. Uh, we're doing it. You know, Doppelmeyer has gotten a deposit. We're going to put in a uh, detachable quad um, in the ex same existing corridor that there is for Lift 9 right now. We're really excited about that. Um, and, you know, that that's going to be a huge project that we'll be taking on next year. Um, it's going to change a little bit of, you know, what Giuseppe's and the top of Lift 9 looks like. And, be able to accommodate for a little bit faster of a lift over there and, um, you know, upgrades to, to Giuseppe's that, you know, are probably long overdue to, to try to kind of boost um, what we're offering up there. Um, and, you know, the rest of the lifts, there's, you know, there's a handful that are going to be kind of on the docket right out of the gate. Um, you know, lift seven is one that we'd like to, um, replace and improve with a different style chair um, lift 10 um, it's one of the original detachable quads ever built um, you know it's still a great lift and the lift maintenance crew is just amazing at keeping these things running and you know making sure they're firing on all cylinders and um, keeping the rest of us safe out there and but, um, but it's one that we'd like to get um, replaced and, and improved just to improve that entire experience for our beginners and intermediate skiing in that area. Um, and then, you know, lift four is one that ultimately will need to be replaced, um, possibly with a, a chair that's going to have a little higher capacity, uh, to help get people out of mountain village and onto the mountain a little bit faster where they can spread out and to just try to deal with some of our, um, capacity issues that we see, you know, from time to time, primarily during holidays and powder days. Um, I mean, the great thing about Telluride is, you know, with our existing infrastructure, um, it's, it's not a place that you see lift lines and, you know, you do on the holidays and you see them on the powder days when the hounds all kind of huddle up one with one another at the bottom of 14 and bottom of nine. Um, but on, you know, most days out of the week, which I think is one of the reasons why all of us love it here so much is you're skiing right back onto the lift. You got a ski run all to yourself and, you know, you're really able to, um, to, to get out there and kind of get transcendental on the, on the ski resort, which is, which is fantastic. So, you know, we want to upgrade some lifts to kind of get out of dealing with things that are a little, you know, unsupportable where we're having people, fabricate parts for us because the lifts are a little bit old and and into some of the more modern technology which again it's more sustainable it's easier for us to monitor what's going on in those systems and um and but they're big investments um so you know we we have to do those those investments very thoughtfully and you know we got to make sure that it that it's right for the community as well you know we're we're not trying to build a Disneyland up there. Um, we're just trying to make sure that we're meeting the expectations of our guests and our in our community. And so, so you said that nine should be the plan as it stands now is to have it go. The construction on that happen next summer, and then it'll be skiable the 2022-23 season. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the plan. That's the outline that we have scheduled out right now. Is we'll get that thing ready to roll and. Uh, 
probably around December of next year and uh, it, it'll be great. You know, it'll reduce that time on the lift uh, pretty considerably. It'll take it down to about an eight minute ride from, you know, 12 and a half. Um, it'll have a little bit more capacity, albeit we're not going to build it to maximum capacity um, just because we don't really feel the need for it right now. Um, but it's it's going to really change things over there on those days when you're kind of doing it all by yourself. It's uh, doing 10 laps. You can do 20. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. So when you're thinking about, obviously, that's a lot of projects. There's... Be- I mean, that's a decent number of lifts that need some TLC um, in the coming years. What, why nine as a place to start? You know, it's, it's an iconic ski zone. You know, it's got over 2,000 feet of vertical. It's almost entirely north-facing with some cool kind of northeast and northwest aspects. It's got a lot of terrain that we can still improve. Um, so by adding that capacity, you know, it's not that it just ends right there and, you know, we're done with that nine pot, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to cut more runs in over there. Um, it's high on our list for more of these forest management practices that we've been, um, doing all over the hill. Um, and it's, it's kind of one of those iconic Telluride spots and, um, you know, the guests that we have showing up and, you know, a lot of our locals, I know it's contentious, um, you know, they want to get up the hill faster. Um, and going from, you know, either the gondola or another quad and then hopping on a fixed grip triple um, is something that a lot of people just have trouble negotiating. Um, and we really think that that quad, it's going to have implications that, you know, we don't necessarily foresee right now but that they're they're going to be positive and it's going to be a more enjoyable experience um in in whole where or what type of runs would you like to see kind of added into the canon of the nine area in the future you know it'd be great to have some more groomed runs over there but that's not really you know what our mo is right now we have a lot of steep groomable runs um but there's a lot of treed skiing over there and there's a lot of just junk that we need to clean up in some areas that aren't currently skied that much. Um, and let's face it, it's something that looms over town. Um, so being able to clean up those woods in the nine area and create some more gladed terrain, um, just has benefits that kind of go across the board for like Obviously, the skiing is going to be phenomenal, north-facing glades with a lot of old-growth trees in there um, and some really strong species as well. There's a lot of Engelmann spruce, which is a really strong tree, Um, and a lot of the fir has kind of already died or is dying that we'd like to remove. Um, Makes for great skiing. You know, we mitigate this potential wildfire risk for town and for anything that potentially could come up from town and then come towards the mountain village. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're seeing um, of what we'd like to do over there. We also want to build a ski way out of the bottom um, that would be a gentler slope than bailout. So a good way to get an intermediate skier out there um, that'll put you out over on the T-trail and you don't have to commit to going down a steeper run, which um, at the end of the day can can be a little bit much for some folks to negotiate and to be able to kind of cruise out um, is something that's high on our priority list to build over in the nine area. Um, but I mean, as it stands right now, just an absolutely amazing spot on the hill. Um, and, you know, by upping our capacity over there, speeding up that lift, um, you know, some of those ancillary benefits, we see it really helping the skiing over on 14. You know, we won't necessarily always get that mad rush from nine to six to 14, Um, you know, we'll be able to keep some folks over in the nine area, um, doing lap after lap. And, you know, once Bushwhacker and can't make them are are skied top to bottom enough times. And, you know, you start poking around in the woods and and searching out those fresh tracks as opposed to just moving with the horde around the hill. Yeah. So we, we set out the timeline for nine. That's 
next ski season. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these things, it's like, that's amazing. That's great. Let's do it now. But what what is the kind of timeline that we're working with? Are these ideas, both in terms of maybe new runs or lifts getting um, upgraded, is that a two-year plan? Is that a five-year plan? Should people be waiting 15 years for those things to come <laughs> around? You know, it, it's really hard to put put a timeline on, on some of these projects. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars um, to install these lifts. And, um, you know, once you install a lift, you know, what do you do with the surrounding infrastructure? You know, for the most part, a lot of the existing infrastructure around the mountain needs to be upgraded. So all of a sudden, you know, we are replacing lift nine, but we also have to do some snowmaking. We have to upgrade all of the utilities from SMPA. Um, you know, there's, there's septic and, you know, all of a sudden an $8 million lift turns into a $15 million project. And it's like, what happened there? Um, so, you know, Those a lot pesky of $7 million <laughs> to sneak up on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it is hard to put a timeline on it. You know, I think that we'd love to see these things get done in the next 10 years. Um, some of us would love to see them get done in the next five. Um, but a lot has to do with, you know, what happens with the ski resort and, you know, how successful we continue to be. And, and again, like what the community wants out of the resort and, um, you know, or some of these improvements, what, what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, you've touched on so many things that I want to get back to. Um, but speaking of, you know, kind of what's going on at the ski resort itself, obviously over the past year and a half, there's been some pretty big changes kind of in the structure of the, the resort. Obviously Bill Jensen stepped down about, I guess it was almost a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have that time run. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then Jeff Proto left his VP of Mountain Ops position pretty recently and is still sticking on in a different capacity. Um, what is that looking like going forward? Is there plans to get a new CEO, a new VP of Mountain Ops? Kind of what's that process looking like? You know, that process is, you know, ownership is taking control of, of what's going to happen with, with those two positions. You know, we're really thankful and, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, we, we feel really good about what we have in the field right now and in the support structure that we have. You know, we have fantastic managers and directors, you know, across the board from our accounting team to our sales to ski school to snowmaking and grooming and lift maintenance and all around the mountain that, you know, we feel really good about who we have and what we need to do um, to be successful. Um, so, you know, when it comes to some of those, you know, C-level and exec level positions, you know, we'll see what ends up shaking out. Um, but, you know, we're just so fortunate to have the people that we have and doing the things that they're doing for this mountain. Um, you know, being in the, the, the industry, it's, it's not a place that you go to make a bunch of money. Um, but it is a place that you go to have a lot of fun and follow your passion and, you know, we have a lot of really passionate people that work at Telski and, um, you know, I'm just so grateful for everyone that works with us that that's able to make what we love and hold so dear to our heart happen out there on the hill. Yeah. Um, skiing or snowboarding is a passion that sometimes does cost some money, <laughs> both with the gear and lift tickets and all the things like that. So as you're saying, you know, there's a lot of these big projects that will cost uh, the ski resort a lot of money to invest to make that happen. Um, do you anticipate that having a big impact on like prices going up for passes or lift tickets in, you know, whatever future that looks like for when those investment projects are kind of starting to to chug through a little bit more yeah you know i think that you know just like with everything else you know our prices are going to go up incrementally um just like our the price for milk is going to go up incrementally you know we try not to charge our guests and our community for projects that we hope to do sometime in the future Um, so it's really about, you know, how successful we can be that season and what's left over, um, that we can put back into the mountain. Um, you know, I think just like everything else, prices will incrementally go up, but, you know, we've always had, 
you know, the ethos of, you know, it's, it's the Telluride community that makes us what we are. And, you know, we're going to try to create products and a pricing structure that we hope provides the most amount of people opportunity to get on the hill. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, part of with nine, hopefully being able to kind of disperse people a little bit or get people on the mountain faster. Um, I feel like that's something that we've heard, especially last year with COVID. It was like, how do we spread people out on the mountain as fast as possible? Um, and obviously a piece of that is finding other ways for people to get up and for people to get down. So with um, things like T-Trail or that side of the mountain, seven going up, do you have um, plans or hopes or uh, visions of when you're going to be able to get those things open and kind of help people spread out a little bit more easily or find other ways to get to the mountain? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, everything on this town side of the mountain, it, it stays cold. You know, we were able to make snow for the free ride event pass sale that we had last weekend, even though that's, you know, our lowest elevation spot on the entire mountain where we can make snow. Um, so, you know, thankfully we do have that in our bag of tricks is that the town side is always a little bit colder so we can make snow over here. You know, as far as looking into the crystal ball and saying when we're going to be skiing down T trail, that's, that's a tough call for me to make on uh, in November here, but you know, it's, it's definitely part of our program. You know, we want to be able to make as many trails, um, as quickly as possible and spread people out. Um, you know, ever since, you know, I've been around Telluride and, and uh, Telski, you know, we've never tried to like withhold terrain from the public. You know, if something is safe and it's ready for the public, we're going to give it to them. Um, you know, and it, that's, that's going to be the way that we move through this season as well Is just, as soon as we can get something open, we're going to get it open and try to spread people out as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, speaking of COVID a little bit, obviously, I mean, we're in this weird spot where sometimes it feels like it's very much still a part of life and sometimes it doesn't feel like it's part of it at all, but we saw, um, definitely some changes with how the resort was running last year because of COVID. Are there going to be any precautions or things that people should be aware of thinking about when it comes to the pandemic while they're on the mountain this year? Definitely. I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of precautions for sure. You know, us as a company, um, you know, being over a hundred employees, you know, we're, we're following some of these new mandates of, um, you know, testing our staff and, you know, thankfully a lot of our staff have been vaccinated as well. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that our staff is, is healthy and ready to work every single day. And, and, you know, that'll um, transition into, you know, making sure when people show up to our restaurants that, you know, they're being, um, they're being served by a server that's, that's getting tested or is vaccinated. And, um, you know, one of the great things about this season is, you know, hopefully we can hold on to this and, and everybody's, uh, minding their P's and Q's in the County, but, you know, hopefully we can continue with no masks outside, um, which will be a contrast from last year where we were requesting everyone to wear masks at all times. Um, so, you know, you'll be able to get on the lift and, and not have to worry about wearing a mask for the rest of the day until you go into one of our establishments. You know, we'll be running our restaurants and bathrooms just like everywhere else um, in the county with uh, required masks until, you know, that mandate changes. Um, but we're, we're looking forward to a much more normal year on the mountain this year. Yeah. As a reminder to folks as well, the gondola is a public transportation. So masks will still be required there just as a PSA. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Julia. And it, it's opening on the 19th. So have your mask ready to, to go ride the gondola. Yeah. Um, personal question. What are you personally looking forward to the most um, from this ski season coming up? Or I actually don't know. Do you ski or snowboard or both? I ski. Okay. I ski. Um, and borderline on an addiction, I would suppose. So I'm really looking forward to getting on snow with two sticks. Um, and and to be out there with, with all of our guests and our staff and cruising around and seeing all the familiar faces and the in the mazes and um and then, you know, being out on the slopes with my family, it's it's you know, I think Jaime said it once, it's it's magic and it and it really is and 
Um, and that's what, what I really look forward to on my days off is, is getting to spend some time with my girls out on the slopes. How old are they? Uh, six and two. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they're a blast. There's just stream of consciousness and singing and hot cocoa and chocolate and it's it's great it couldn't be better do they have favorite runs that they like to go down um you know my oldest like you know she started going to d squad and ski school and all of a sudden like log piles her favorite run and i'm like wait daddy and you can't have the same favorite run yet like you're only (laughs) six what's going on here um and then my youngest is is hanging out in the carpets primarily so we spend a lot of time over there and um we'll see what she wants to get into this year but uh i mean any run's my favorite run with um yeah oh that's so sweet i'm always so impressed as someone i'm from alaska so it seems like i should have grown up skiing but i did like cross country not downhill and the kiddos that just go bombing down the mountain i'm always so impressed by them yeah, it's it's a humbling experience to live in Telluride. Um, you know, our the kids that grew up here are they're amazing. You know, their their stamina and their skill set and what they're able to do, whether it's on skis or on bikes or running, it's it it's just awe inspiring. It's it's so cool to witness. You know, we have to tell a few folks to slow down here and there, but most of the time, um, you know, they're the local kids here are normally pretty darn good about knowing when it's time to send it and when it's time to check the speed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, obviously we're here to talk about the winter season that's coming up, but you mentioned biking. Um, I would love to hear, you know, just kind of a overview of how did the summer go for, for the ski resort and, and what that looked like? It was great. You know, um, we built some new bike trail. Um, we got more people out on, on the hill in the summer than we ever had in the past. Um, and we opened up our canopy adventure this year, which was huge. You know, we, we built that a couple summers ago last year with COVID and, um, the way that that tour is structured with people, you know, kind of all coming together at landing pads and kind of, um, close proximity to one another. It just wasn't something that we felt super confident and in, in jumping into. And, um, and this year, you know, Noah Sheedy and Anna Wolf um, just jumped in with both feet. And, um, you know, Anna really took the bull by the horns and ran that program. And um, we got a lot of people out there zipping around. And um, it's it's a pretty amazing experience. And, you know, one that I hope everybody gets the opportunity to uh, to enjoy one of these days. But that was great, you know, just having more going on up in the village and on the mountain in the summer um is great and you know hopefully it helps provide an avenue for for folks once we do get back into a regular festival swing of things and you know it's hard to imagine that telluride could be much busier than it was this season um but i sure i'm sure once the festivals start going it'll it'll try so you know if we can help capture um some time with some of the folks that are here um, on their vacations or on their vest- festival tours up in the village. I think it helps out everybody. Um, and that's that's really been one of the goals on the outset of um, the bike park and some of these summer activities is just providing a little bit more vibrancy up in the village and um, giving people more reasons to spend more time up there. And, and it's it's really been tremendously successful so far. And we're planning on building more trail. We have trail in the works and um, and new trails in the hopper. And, you know, we're batting around other ideas for summer activities. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like the forgotten season for for the ski industry folks. But it's, it's starting to move itself to the forefront of, you know, how can you develop your ski area to be a year-round destination. And um, I think that we're... We're, we're pecking away at it. Do you think this is kind of maybe an in the weeds question, but you know, there's an element, obviously the bike run or the bike trails use the ski run. So that is a um, symbiotic relationship, but do you see, um, ways that, you know, increasing maybe the summer capacity actually helps or can kind of expand what the winter looks like? Or do they kind of just like they happen to fit in together, but they don't actually, you know, build off of each other necessarily? No, I mean, they definitely help and in, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, in, 
in some avenues, like the construction um, kind of goes in hand in hand with some of our forest mitigation work. You know, when we're building trail, you know, if you ride our trails, um, particularly the newer stuff, you'll see that the woods is cleaned up on either side of that trail. Um, and that's, that's part of our process is, you know, everywhere we go with people and with equipment, we try to leave it better than, than we found it. So that's part of our program. Um, and then, you know, maybe even more importantly than, than any other thing is we're able to provide, um, our own employees with summer employment. Um, and that just makes us stronger as a company to be able to hold on and retain, um, you know, our talented staff throughout the entire year. Um, and I think that quickly translates into the guest experience um, as well as just how efficient we're able to operate as a company with more people, with more tenure that really know what's going on and understand what's going on underneath the snow um, as well as what's on top of it. Yeah. You mentioned um, that you're hoping that this winter will look more like a normal year than at least last year was. And you've touched on this kind of in different ways throughout our conversation. But what are you hoping that that normal, quote unquote, normal year looks like? I mean, for us, an average year is awesome. You know, if we can get average snowfall and open everything up like we love to, then 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 that's that's what we do. That's that's what we're here for. Um, And, you know, as far as normal versus you know last year um you know we're hoping that coming to the ski resort is you know a nice kind of wellness check for everybody and you know they're able to come out to the resort and and rip the mask off and you know not have to worry about every time coming through the maze someone asking them to please put their mask back on and just to be able to spend a day outside with friends and family and um, you know, forget about, you know, some of the, some of the things that we have to deal with on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, they're, they're going to be lurking there. I think that, you know, this town and everybody's been doing a really good job of minding their P's and Q's and, um, trying to take care of one another. And, you know, hopefully by the, by the end of this winter, things are looking better than they were, um, at the beginning of this winter. And, you know, we just keep on that, that positive trajectory. Yeah. Um, are you able to, obviously we're still early in the season, people will be buying tickets and, and coming through at different times throughout the year, but people also like to plan ahead. Um, do you have a sense at this point of how busy this season is supposed to look like for y'all? Um, you know, I guess it's too hard to tell, you know, too much of that forecasting. You know, we're expecting to have, you know, pretty busy holidays and you know with some of the international travel coming back you know we're really looking forward to seeing some of our aussie buddies come back in january hopefully they can make the trip um and you know folks from mexico city coming up and just all over the world we're, we're excited to to welcome these people back to the united states and specifically back to our resort and tell your ride um and you know, I think that we're going to be, we're going to be busy, but you know, it's going to be Telluride busy. You're still going to be able to cruise around and ski your favorite run. And if you get up early, you're going to get fresh corduroy. And you know, if you have your powder stashes, it's probably still going to be there this year, like it was last year. Yeah. Um, we are running up against the end of our time. It always goes by so quickly. (laughs) Um, but Scott, do you have any kind of final thoughts that you would like to, to leave folks with? this evening (laughs) yeah i mean you know we're delayed but we're optimistic you know we're we're doing everything we can to get the resort open just as soon as possible and you know as i mentioned like we're not going to withhold anything and um you know if if we can open up earlier than the third then like by golly we'll do it and you know if if temperatures kind of don't work in our favor then we have to adjust then you know we'll pivot but you know, we're looking forward to, to welcome everybody back on the hill. And um, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, Mountain Village is, is totally open for business. And, you know, once that gondola opens up and, um, you know, next week we'll be opening up a bunch of restaurants and um, things are ready to go up there and, and show your support for some folks that are coming back to work. And 
um, you know, have, have given up on other opportunities to, to to live the dream and tell your ride. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to, to just making that dream come true this year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions, All right. <laughs> but hopefully maybe on the slightly lighter side, um, you mentioned that your favorite run currently is whatever run you're doing with your daughters. Um, is there a run on the mountain that you think doesn't get enough play? That's just like, it's a great run and not enough people ski it or ride it. Oh man, you're asking me to give up the stash. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if 100. I can do that on Kodo, I mean, Julia. with like... <laughs> <laughs> the caveat of what you're willing to share. <laughs> you know, the the front hillside is just, it's amazing. It's so great. Um, you know, skiing off of lift seven, um, over in lift eight, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they'll ride lift eight once a day and it'll be to get to the bottom of nine. And, um, if you can, if you can, uh, kind of give up on some nine laps, you know, you can do a ton over in the eight area and, you know, I'm, I just love being in the woods and poking around and, and the seven and eight area, I think are just, they're underrated, but they're, they're, they're North facing. And when we get snow, they hold it. And, uh, on those powder days when everybody's going for the glory runs, um, those areas really stand out as uh, spots where it'd be worth spending a little extra time. Nice. See, you had a good answer and you didn't have to give away too many secrets. <laughs> um, well, Scott, I really want to thank you so much for coming and, and chatting with us today. And yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people were bummed to hear that the start or the opening date is going to get pushed back, but hopefully it will be well worth the wait. And I know y'all are working hard to get as much open as soon as possible. Thanks, Julia. We definitely are and uh, appreciate your time. And it's been a pleasure. Well, Coda listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Off the Record. We have a lot of great stuff coming up um, in the rest of the evening. Power Surf Radio is going to be on at 7, the Brothers Raz at 9, and we're going to be back with Off the Record next week, so be sure to stay tuned. And thank you for tuning in to KOTO Telluride. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh,